and I didn't have a, a, a GPS, so I couldn't find it. I couldn't even navigate to find that. And I got so delirious, I was running up the mailboxes thinking there were people asking for directions. This one's radio episode 560 starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. guys uh real quick before we dive into today's episode uh, today's episode is brought to you by uh the book the book that uh has been written long ago but finally is published be ready on race day is now available it is on an amazon near you both in in paperback and on the kindle version uh you can get signed versions on the website be ready on at blah, 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 easy for me to say i wrote the damn thing and i can't even can't even say the title be ready on race day dot com uh basically if, if, if you haven't uh, heard about it yet uh the book is all about helping you create your own training plan so you know as, as you're looking towards late summer and, and into fall you know races that are coming up racing season things like that um it is time to you know at least maybe start thinking about how your training is going to look and you know if, if you've been reliant on the one size fits all training plan in the past i would encourage you to branch out from that and get something that's actually good actually a solid training plan. And if, if the budget's tight and you can't afford to work with me or some other coach that might be in your area or online, uh, you know, a, a nice middle ground that's going to help you to really create a custom plan is the book. Be ready on race day. So uh, if you're interested in checking out more information on that, be ready on race day.com has all of the, you know, the information sample titles or sample chapters, um, which are actually full chapters that you can just download and, and read a, a couple of chapters about the book, get a feel for my writing style, the, the language, uh, it's pretty easy read, but, uh, it, it will help you create a training plan to help you, uh, you know, be ready to, to meet and exceed your goals for your next race. So check it out. And if you have any questions, please let me know. Uh, once again, be ready on racedaycom and, uh, without any further ado, let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, at this point in the show's history, there aren't many firsts when it comes to the people uh, that I'm chatting with as far as kind of labels or titles or things like that. Uh, today's guest is a Marine. He's an ultra runner, an Ironman, and has run across the United States to help raise money for various charities. And in each case, he's not the first person that I've had the chance to talk to that falls under each of those various labels. To date, however, uh, I haven't had the opportunity to interview someone that is planning a run for the White House. And, uh, now, now I have, because that, uh, that is right. Today's guest is a runner who is also running for president in 2020, and uh, it's an honor to be able to go a few easy miles today with Mr. Brian Currow. Uh, thanks for joining us, Brian. Really appreciate it, and uh, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Oh, definitely. The, the pleasure is mine. And guys, if you want to connect more with Brian and find out what, what you know, obviously what he's got going on running-wise and, and what's going on, on on the other side of his life, which we'll certainly be talking about as well, uh, on the social media, it's pretty much across all platforms. Uh, it's just Brian R. Kuro. That's B-R-I-A-N-R, the letter R, obviously, and then Kuro, C-U-R-R-O. Uh, and we'll have everything linked up, as we always do, in the show notes for uh, today's episode, which you'll be able to get to uh, by just heading over to disruns.com slash 560 if you want to get Brian's contact information, uh, connect with him, uh, you know, again, on, on social medias, things like that, uh, and, and anything else we 
talk about today that makes sense to link to, we'll have it all there. So, uh, Brian, the way we always start off the show is with um, a very simple question that uh, sometimes has a simple answer and sometimes, uh, boy, it opens up the uh, the can of worms and just allows us to go a whole whole host of different places. But it's uh, just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Uh, well, I'd have to say my favorite distance now is as <laughs> a run across the country, transcontinental. <laughs> Um, there's something about being out there that really, uh, really motivates me, inspires me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, since, since we're on that, I mean, that was, obviously that's, that's a big topic for, for discussion. Um, you know, and, and I don't know, there's, there's a few different, obviously ways that we can go to, to, to address that, that subject. But, um, why, why did you decide to do it to begin with? Let's just start there and see where that takes us. Well, it's, it's actually kind of funny because it's something I've always wanted to do. Um, you know, I, I, I never really got into seriously or into running until I, until I got in the Marines. Mm-hmm. Um, I did running. I ran, you know, when I was, when I was younger and high school and everything. And I really, but the, but the extent of my running, uh, through college and everything was just to do cardio. I, I did, I was really into, into, uh, weightlifting and bodybuilding. So cardio running was my cardio, mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't do very much of it. <laughs> Only, only when I had to, and then when I joined the Marines, they pretty much ran you everywhere. So uh, I really got the bug, and I started doing marathons after that. And then I got involved in this nonprofit, and um, I was on the way back. We were on a on a flight back from uh, from a, a meeting somewhere, and I remember picking up a magazine. It was one of the in-flight magazines, and there was an article in there about some British boxer who ran across the country, the United States. Uh, to raise money for a friend of his, I think he had leukemia or something. And I was like, man, you know, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't was being just being naive or whatever. I just like thought, you know, I, I run all the time now and I I run a lot. And I was like, I could probably do that. And so I started researching it and I connected um, with uh, Dean Carnazes mm. online. I started asking him questions because. Everywhere I looked up when I did a Google like ultra running, his name kept coming <laughs> right. up. So I was like, okay, you know, I'll just reach out to this guy and find out what's what. And so he convinced me to come up to go up to um, one of the uh, the endurance challenges up in Pine Mountain, Georgia. And now, I did cross country in high school and I ran in the woods. And I'm from the I'm from New England, so I'm used to running in the woods and stuff like that, right? And um, I'd never done anything like that, uh, like like these that the trail ultras. And all I remember was. It was. I think we started at like 5:30 in the morning, and it was pitch black, and there was all these people and the headlights. I got the headlight and everything, and and I remember running through the woods with these people, and is uh, all you could hear was people bouncing off the trees and, uh, and screaming <laughs> and grunting and like. And I, I probably fell like three times in the first five miles, and uh, when the sun finally came up and I could see what we were running on, I just I thought to myself what kind of sadistic person would do this? <laughs> Why would they? Because the, the trail we were on, it was all rocks and roots, and you couldn't see any ground. All you could see was rocks. And it was so bad. There were so many rocks. I thought to myself, why would somebody bring all these, all these rocks in here? And that, that, was just the, that was just the terrain that was like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up, like I said, I grew up in the, um, the mountains, but we didn't, it wasn't that bad right. <laughs> where I grew up. So, um, yeah, that was my first experience with Ultra. It was only a, I think it was only a 50K. And, um, and I, I survived, you know, mm. bloodied up. I remember running to the aid stations because my knees were all bloody and I thought they were trying to stop me and pull me off the course. So I would just run through the aid station and not stop. 
And so they finally stopped me. They're like, well, no, we just want to, we just want to take care of your knees. (laughs) So, um, I, I made it through that. And, uh, and then I just went on from there and I started doing longer runs and I got the bug and I started doing, uh, I remember one year I was, I, I think it's like every other week I was, I was signed up for a hundred mile race. Wow. (laughs) And it wasn't too long after that. I realized that this is not That was not possible. Yeah. I was going to say, how did you stay healthy? But maybe that wasn't the the case. uh, Well, my, my, my mentality at that point was like, you know, who needs to, who needs to recover? Just keep running, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Um, so, um, and then I, at some point I, that, that year, I think it was like 2013, um, I, uh, had a horrible, horrible time and I, I was, uh, uh, I was having some, um, personal challenges with the running and I, I, cause I, I'd signed up for so many races and I was, like I said, I was running all the time. I was racing all the time and I was not finishing them. <laughs> and so, and a lot of, a lot of the problem was, uh, I was training by myself. And I was running into this situation where I, I trained by myself. I didn't really talk to anybody. I didn't have anybody to talk to. So when I finally did get to the race and there were all kinds of people around, I spent a lot of time socializing. So I'd get to the aid station and I'd sit there and I'd hang out with people and I'd talk. And next thing you know, I miss a cutoff. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. So I, uh, I just kept running into this. And then I got, uh, got to the point where I was so exhausted I just could never recover. And I was, um, so you can't add that on top of, you know, um, just wanting to socialize and I was, I was having a heck of a time. And then this, um, this ultra runner friend of mine, uh, uh, Bruce Sung Ho Choi, (laughs) um, he was like, Hey, I'm doing this race across Tennessee. It's the last annual of all state. You should come try it. It was a 500 kilometer race. And I'm like thinking, okay (laughs) i was because i hadn't done i hadn't done any racing for a few months because i was so depressed Mm -hmm. because my my poor performance my lack you know my the the horrible running i was doing um i just been just doing some basic running now no real big mileage so when he suggested this like yeah i'll try it i had no idea what i was up for what what i was in for i never experienced anything like that so uh all i remember was Looking up, uh, I joined their I joined their email list and I, I started studying the race and they were talking about it was like an uh, what they called an adventure race. Run mm-hmm. you're probably familiar with the Los Angeles State. Uh, they you know the Barkley Marathons. Yep. Um, it's the same guy puts the that the the Vol State race on. Yeah, um, I, I had a chance to t- to chat with uh, Dallas Smith a while back, who's who's in his gosh, probably yeah. late seventies, and he's done it five or six times. It's it's incredible. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So I know, yeah, they, they told me just bring up, you know, bring a pack because you'll need to carry everything. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, um, because I did it screwed. They have two, mm-hmm. they have two options: crude, where you have a crew, and then screwed, where you're basically living off the land. Right. You know, and you carry everything with you. So I had, um. I didn't know what I didn't know what what I was going to need, so I brought one of my um, transition packs from the Ironman. And I don't know if you ever seen one of those things, but they're they're mammoth. Mm-hmm. They're, uh, so I had like a couple uh, another pair of shoes. I had like three changes of clothes. I had all this stuff in this big pack, and I showed up at the uh, the start or the finish line because you you get to the finish line, they put get on a bus and they take you back to they take you to the start line, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I showed up. And I had this huge pack, and everybody else either didn't have a pack or they had these like little 
small little <laughs> Solomon packs or these small packs. And I was like, oh, my God, what, what, what am I doing? And um, so I remember we got to the start and I took off and I'm running and I had all my stuff in it. And it was that pack was heavy. I probably made it about 10 miles. And I started throwing stuff. I started tossing <laughs> stuff. I'm like, I don't need these shoes. I don't need this. I just need another pair of shorts and a T-shirt and <laughs> get rid of this. And so I went a little, another probably 20 miles or so, and the pack was still so heavy. I, I called um, uh, one, of the, one, of the race, one of the race organizers and said, listen, I know we're not supposed to do this, but can you just come and get this pack? Because I am not going to run with this thing mm-hmm. the rest of the way. And so I gave him the pack. I bought another pack from like, I think it was Walmart. It was like this small, like little hiking pack and it was perfect. And I used that for the rest of the way. But I'll never forget, you have to check in like every 12 hours, right? And I'll never forget the first check-in. I looked on, I looked for this the online to see um, where I was in relation to everybody else, right? And I couldn't find my name. I'm like thinking, oh my God, they forgot me. Oh no. Did I, did, uh, did I get eliminated already? And I, find, I, I texted him and I was like, listen, I don't see my name on the list. He goes, oh, you're there. He goes, big backpack. <laughs> <laughs> so from that point on, everybody knows me as Big Backpack Brian. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, that's quite the story. How, how was that, uh, that first experience at Vault? I mean, obviously, or I guess not obviously, but uh, assuming you finished? I, oh, I finished. I was the very last one. As a matter of fact, I finished with like an hour to spare. Oh, no. It got to the point where um, I had... Um, I had my the gave the paper maps and I had uh, I was using GPS to do my um to navigate and my phone kept dying and I and it got to the point where at one point the maps had gotten soaking wet so they were they were useless I couldn't even read them anymore so I was using my phone and um, I had an iPad and they were joking that I had a tab uh, that I had a laptop with me but it was my <laughs> iPad and um everything died on me I had no phone I had nothing I couldn't and I it was I was towards the end and I had uh, like the last probably like three or four days I didn't sleep at all because I was afraid I was going to miss the cutoff because uh, it was ten day it was a ten day run and I was already at like uh, day seven day six and I was like I'm not going to make it I'm not because I had no idea really where I was I knew I was going the right direction right and I had an idea I would I would I would hook up with people and we would kind of like run together for a little while and then we get separated and when i got to towards the end i was by myself and i got i was i was on the mountain and i kept going up and down the mountain because i couldn't find the turn and i didn't have a, a, a gps so i couldn't find it i couldn't even navigate to find that and i got so delirious i was running up the mailboxes thinking there were people asking for directions <laughs> Oof. And so I, I finally, at one point, I finally found a barn that had an outlet, and I plugged my phone in, and got enough charge to get a text out to uh, the race organ, uh, to one of the race or, race organizers, and he's like, "You're almost there." He goes, "But you better hurry, cause uh, you're gonna miss the cutoff." Mm-hmm. And so all I remember was I got enough charge on my phone, and what ended up happening was, I, when I finally got to the turn, I was missing it by like a mile. I just hadn't gone – if I had gone just a mile further, I would have gotten to the turn. But I'd spent like eight hours going back and forth (laughs) trying to find this turn. And so all I remember was I got to the end. I was pretty much sprinting to get to the end, and uh, and I made it. I made it with like an hour to spare. Oh, it's one of those things that uh, is is you know kind of funny in hindsight, but in the moment, man, that's that's a crazy. It, I mean, just doing doing the the you know the the vol state you know 
race, the 500 K thing is, is crazy enough. Uh, but then, yeah, I mean, to be, to be so close, but so far away and sleep deprived oh and, and all the, all of the, the, the struggle that is involved with that is, is, uh, whew, it, you're, you're a better man than I, Brian. Cause there's, there's, uh, I, I wouldn't mind maybe doing something like that, but, oh, I, 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 uh, I, I don't know that I could, you know, that I would want to do it. I wouldn't mind, but I don't know if I would want to actually go through it to actually do it. You know, and, and it was actually, it was, it was actually perfect because it's what I needed at that point. At that point, I just needed to get out, um, and, and just get, get out of my head mm-hmm. and out there, you're, you're out there, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and you just have, you know, just, you just, the thoughts wander. Right. Um, and it's funny cause like people are like, how did you, how did you keep going? Why did you keep going? Or how did, what kept you, kept you going? And I was like, you know, uh, did you ever at any point want to just stop? And, you know, I thought about it and it was, there was not one moment during the, even, even in the worst, as worse as it had gotten, there was not one moment that I felt like, you know, I'm done. I just want to stop. I just, my thing with me, it was, I just couldn't wait to get to the next town. I couldn't wait to get, get to the next, over the next hill. I was so excited about the next few miles. And, and that's why I like adventure races because I prefer point to point mm-hmm. because it's like, you never see the same thing twice. Right. Right. So one thing that, that you mentioned uh, a few minutes ago that I'd just like to, to circle back on, at least for a second, even if we don't stay there for very long, uh, but you mentioned that, that, you know, kind of when you were in the Marines, and, and thank you for your service, obviously, that, that uh, very much appreciate that, but, um, you know, that, that was kind of when you, you started to, to fall in love with running because it was something that you pretty much had to do all the time, and I've talked to a few other veterans of, of various branches of, of service, and it seems like there's been a, a split where some people, that's where they really fell in love with running, or some people really hated running, because they right, had to right. do it all the time. And it was only right, after right. they got out of the service and kind of had some, some time away from it that they're like, oh, I kind of missed that, you know, the exercise, the right. mental boost, the things like that, and they come back to the sport. What was it about being, for lack of a better way of saying it, forced to run that appealed to you, whereas for some folks it, it actually absolutely repels them from away from the sport? Well, it's funny because um, I never really felt like I was forced to run. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, when a lot of people were complaining about the formation runs and stuff like that, I just, I would just wanted to keep running. Um, and I, I guess, um, and I got, no, and not, not that I've ever been really, really competitive, but yeah, I've kind of had like competitive, you know, kind of like the, the rabbit thing, the, the leapfrog, you know, I would always, we do these runs and I'd be like, okay, I just wanted to get better than I was before. Mm. And I, and I just kept running, um, and even even when uh, I, at one point I was running probably three four times a day. Wow. Uh, when everybody else was everybody else was drinking beer and and you know shooting pool, I'd go out for a run. And again again a lot of it like when I was um, I was stationed in um, my first uh, tour was based out of Naples, Italy. So um, for me it was a way to see the see see the uh, the area. I would go out and just start running. Yeah, and there's, there's, in my, in my opinion, at least for whatever that's worth, there's not much of a better way to see a location, see a city, see a countryside, whatever it is, than to just, you know, put a couple shoes on and, and hit the door and come back in a few hours. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. I guess maybe, maybe with that in mind, that's that's a, a good way to transition back into the the transcon bit a little bit. So just just curious about the the, the running days and, and being forced to do it or, or being able to do it. But um, so so you know you you, you kind of get into running, you, you start doing, you know, you get the the idea of maybe running across the the United States. Um, you know, you, you do the the uh, the run in Georgia with with Dean, and then you you do the the right. um, uh, the Vol State. Um, 
both you know all of those any any ultra distance event ironmans um whatever they're all impressive um and i'm certainly not trying to take any shine off of those types of, of achievements that, that you've done or that anyone has done but to to do something like run every day for you know mul- you know w- multiple miles 50 plus miles a day um for for week after week after week to run across the country that that's a whole different um animal you know, than, than running a, a 10 day race or a, a hundred mile race or something like that. Um, so, so when did the, 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 the process of the transcon actually go from idea, like that would be cool to do to like, right. all right, we're going to, I'm going to start putting the logistics in place and, and actually make this happen. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's kind of funny because, um, you know, uh, one of the things, uh, I, what what kind of inspired it was um you know obviously it's something i always wanted to do i want i when i read that article it it, it just escaped me I, I i never got to actually do it for for several years mm-hmm. so i pretty much put it out put it in the back of my head that you know, this is something i'll do someday but you know i just life gets in the way and you know i'll just i'll just keep doing these ultras and um and do these other these other adventure races um and then when um Every year for my birthday, I would typically get together with a bunch of my friends, and we would run my age. Mm. So uh, when I turned 52, uh, it just turned out that we couldn't get together. So I, I thought to myself, you know, I want to do something epic for my 52nd birthday. So I decided I wanted to do something really epic. And what I did was I ran a 52-mile run each week for 52 weeks. Mm. So each week I was running a, a one 52-mile run. And somewhere like around like August, I thought to myself, you know – it was getting it was getting a lot easier uh, to run those, and I thought to myself, you know, if I ran 52 miles a day for 52 days, I could make it across the country, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what kind of that's what kind of like sparked lit the spark. Um, so that at that point, I decided, yeah, next year, you know, I'm. Um, I tried to get somebody. Uh, uh, I tried to get some sponsors and and get everything arranged for that year, so I could do it in my 52nd year. Um, and it just didn't work out. I just couldn't get the sponsors together. I couldn't get the logistics together. So I pretty much given up. And I was like, I was kind of bummed out. I'm like, yeah, well, it's not going to happen for 52, but maybe I'll do it next year. So around January, the beginning of the year, I started getting phone calls from all the people I had approached to be a sponsor. And they're like, well, if you're still interested in doing that run, you know, we'd be happy to help you out. Mm. So the sponsors started falling together. And it was like, the logistics, I'm like, you know, I'll just, you know. Um, I'll do it for a charity. I'll do it for the for wounded Marines, and I reached out to a couple of different charities and uh, the Semper Fi Fund. Uh, connect, I connected with them, and they decided I was going to do it for them. And they were really helpful. They gave me all kinds of support. And um, I'm trying to think where I was going with this. Oh, okay. So, so um, I was thinking, how can I do? Because I still want to do the 52 days. The, the name of the, the the whole theme of the run was going to be 52 days run. Mm. And I was like thinking, how can I still do 52 days and during my 52nd birthday? And I'm like, oh, that's easy. I turned 53. Uh, I t- my birthday is April 6th. So I figured if I leave on April 5th, I'll still be 52. <laughs> right. So there's your tie-in. <laughs> so I flew over to San Diego. Uh, I, I ran from the, San- the Marine Corps Recruit Depot in San Diego to the Marine Corps uh, Recruit Depot in Paris Island. That was my route mm. or my, my points. And then um, – John uh, John Price uh, was was uh, has done multiple uh, transcon runs, and he was he was gracious enough to give me 
uh, a route, a basic route to go off of. So I, I worked that out and I figured it out um, to go from San Diego to Beaufort, South Carolina. And I flew out on, on, July, on April 4th and then took off on April 5th. And then um, my plan was to go to follow his route, which was used a lot of secondary roads. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, um, I ran into, I think it was just outside of Phoenix. I ran into this, this, uh, this kid on a bicycle. As a kid, he's probably in his twenties, and he told me um, he had ridden the interstate all the way from Florida, wow, up to San Diego. And I was like, "Well, that's crazy," because everybody told me, you know, you can't be on the interstate, mm-hmm. you can't run on in the interstate, you can't have a bike on the interstate. And I'm like, and when he told me he had done that, I was like, you know what? I changed my entire route. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go on 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 Route 20. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm going to take Route 20 all the way to Atlanta and I could take Route 20 and go across Atlanta down into Georgia and down into South Carolina and I'll be done. And it made sense because at the time it was like, you know, um, a lot of the secondary roads I went on didn't have any shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lot of, as a matter of fact, a lot of times it was like it was just a big drop off. So there was nowhere to go. And I had a stroller. Right. So I'm trying to push this stroller along and there's, there's, you know, it was a disaster. Every time I got off the interstate, uh, I just had nothing but problems. And on the interstate, there was a big breakdown lane. Well, um, when I got to Texas, I started, I got on route 20 on, on, uh, El Paso. Mm-hmm. And once I got on the interstate, I was running along the interstate. Um, I was probably on it for like maybe 45 minutes and I got stopped by a, by a sheriff. I'm like, great. Now they can tell me to get off the interstate. <laughs> right. And the guy was like, uh, no, he goes, I heard you're out here. Just want to check on you. Make sure you're okay. And, uh, he goes, here's my card. He goes, if you have any problems, he goes, call me and I'll come to you wherever you are. Hmm. And then he, um, gave me his, uh, he had this other piece of paper. It had a list of all the sheriff's departments all the way across Texas. And he goes, if you have any problems, just just call them and they'll come they'll come to you. Uh, so apparently Texas didn't have a problem with people running on the interstate. Mm-hmm. So off I went, <laughs> and all along I kept I, the police would check in on me and they bring me food and water and uh, and a couple guys bring me to breakfast and took me to breakfast and then um, at one point I ran into this um, Texas Ranger. And we hit it off and we started talking. He goes, listen, he gave me his card. He goes, if you ever need anything, call me. Mm-hmm. Wherever you are, I'll, I'll sort it out. And so off I went. And um, I got to like, I think it was Fort Worth. And this this young police officer was just, you know, it was pretty rough. There was mm-hmm. all these overpasses. It was, it was like, it was a mess. And I'm trying to run and the cars are going in and out. And I'm like... <laughs> and he stopped me. He goes, you're not supposed to be on the interstate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, I have to tell you this, but I, you know, I've been told I can, you know, and I was, I was trying to be decent about it, not mm-hmm. being confrontational. And he just would not let it go. And I was like, you know what? I said, here, call this guy. And right. I, gave him, <laughs> I gave him this card for the, for the, the ranger. And I see him go back to his car and he is, he, uh, he sees, he's, I see his head and he's nodding and he's shaking his head and comes back out. And I said, uh, uh, so what did he say? He said, to stop bothering you and leave you alone. <laughs> he goes, have a nice, have a nice day. Wow. <laughs> so then off I went. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Were, were, there, were there instances, uh, you know, I mean, 
I'm thinking about it is, 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 you know, the, the, the gears are kind of turning. So like, I've seen the signs that feel like every time I get on the interstate to the point where I don't even right. notice them necessarily anymore, you know, you know, motorized vehicles only all of that kind right, of stuff. Right. Um, so there, I was surprised are, that, that you yeah. said, oh, sorry, go ahead. There are some States that it's not against the law for pedestrians and, and non motor Texas is one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are also like, I think Mississippi, Louisiana, and I think Alabama, they specifically, yeah, they have signs that say no. But uh, I was I was able to run the entire way because once they saw me, and, and the one thing about, and I hate to say this, but one thing about being a Marine, there's a lot of Marines out there. Mm, yeah. And so a lot of the police I ran into were either Marines or sympathetic to Marines. And as soon as I had a Marine Corps flag uh, on my um, on my stroller, mm-hmm. so as soon as they saw that, you know, they were real cooperative. Right. <laughs> Right. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're not supposed technically you're not supposed to be up here. He goes, but you know, uh, it's much safer up here than it is down in those uh, access roads. Mm-hmm. He goes, so just stay, just stay up here, and just be really careful. Right. And, that, and I had a lot of them say that to me. Yeah, I, I bet. And that, that's kind of you know when when you were explaining it and and the rationale behind it, it made it makes perfect sense that there is a lot more shoulders. There's you know like you said breakdown lanes, things like that 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 allow you right. to not be near right. nearly as close to traffic. Were there ever any instances though along the way where where a car buzzed a little closer to you than uh, you would have liked to have uh, been in the situation? Yeah, uh, I had uh, I had a a, a semi trailer almost hit me. Mm. Uh, in uh, you know, I, I feel for these guys because they, they, you know, they really have a tough job because those guys are on the road a lot and they've got to put, you know, in order to perform, they got to drive, do a lot of driving. And, and these guys are like, you know, sometimes they're half asleep when they're driving, <laughs> you know, and, and you can see like I, I didn't really notice it at first, but then you started to see like you could see where the trucks had driven off into the ditch or bounced off the off the concrete uh, barriers. Mm-hmm. And um I was, I was, um, at one point I, I got a, a mirror and attached it to the side of my stroller so I could see one of the things I did was, you know, you're technically, you're supposed to run into traffic. Bicycles go, go with traffic, but you're supposed to run in with traffic. But what I, what I did was I ran like the bicycles. I ran with the traffic because, um, more often than not, um, people would stop to help me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was easier for them to pull over, you know, behind me than it would be for them to come at me. Right. And plus, um, I had a mirror. I could see them coming and there. You had the bumpers, so you could hear hear mm-hmm. if if it got too close, you could hear them. Well, this one particular on this one occasion, I was running along, and I was kind of like in my own little world, and I could hear those bumpers. Mm-hmm. And I knew, and I knew there was a vehicle coming close, and it was really, really close. And I, as I looked down to the mirror to see see who it was or where it was coming, this semi trailer just missed me by I'd say we're like within six inches. Wow! And I think it realized it was off the road and turned its wheel quickly, and then the back of it swung around and just tapped the stroller. Mm. And and this guy was probably going about 75, 80 miles an hour. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's not a, that's not a, a challenge that you want to uh, have to endure if you no, can avoid it. No, and it's funny because because uh, I had gotten so used to having the vehicles, having the trucks that close, 
um, I didn't really pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, uh, they all they all got to the the truckers got to know me because they saw me. They all traveled the same routes. Right. And for me, for them, three hours worth of traveling would take me three days. Right. <laughs> You know, so they see me all the time. And um, I remember this one guy stopped me one time. He was he was at the truck stop at a truck stop. Uh, that was the other nice thing about being on the interstate. There are regular truck stops every so many miles and they all have full service. They have laundromats. They have showers, restaurants. So I always had full services all the way all along, all the way. Right. So I didn't have to really hunt for stuff. Uh, and they even had lounges where you could just sit and watch TV and I'd take a quick nap in the lounge and then I'd be on my way. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one particular time the guy stopped me, he goes, uh, he goes, I want to show you something because I've been following you for the past few, few days. He goes, uh, so I, t- he showed, brought me to his truck and he showed me, he had a little camera, I had a, uh, uh, yeah, camera, a dash cam. Mm-hmm. And he started showing, showing me some footage of me running on the side of the road and all these trucks just missing me. Wow. And I had no idea they were that close. Because <laughs> you just kind of like, you get in the zone, and you're just like, I'm just cruising along, and I'm just like totally oblivious to the, the noise around me because you mm. just get so used to it. But as I was watching this video, it was amazing how close these trucks were on a regular basis. And I was like, man, like, don't ever show anybody this video. <laughs> <laughs> did did that make you rethink the the running on the interstate at all? I mean, I, I feel like no. it's one thing to be no. blissfully ignorant, no, but no. but when you know, oh man, you kept kept right on going. No, no, because what what ended up happening was there were there were a few occasions where the where I was forced to run off the interstate where the police there were a couple of police that, that mm-hmm. for you know persuaded me right <laughs> to get off the interstate right and every time it happened it was worse because i had people try to hit me mm. purposely try to hit me right. or throw things at me and i was like you know what screw this i'm going back on the interstate it's safer up there <laughs> yeah i think i think every runner can relate to anybody who at least runs on on backcountry roads and things like that where there's some cars that just won't I hate to say that they, they they're trying to hit you, but like they won't they won't get out of the way at all. They won't move over, and, right. and sometimes yeah, you right. can almost tell like it's it's like let's maybe not they're trying to hit you, but they're trying to give you a little start, get your attention by by weaving at you a little bit. Right. And it's it's kind right. of ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I had I had occasions where they literally tried. It was obvious they tried to hit me. Wow. That's... You know, or throw things at me, mm-hmm. and then um, yeah, <laughs> it was so I was like I had uh, I had one night um, it was funny because. Um, I had this one time this this uh, small town sheriff stopped me in the middle of the night and I had my whole thing rigged up with lights. I mean, it was like you couldn't miss it. You couldn't you you couldn't miss my. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, I had um, I had these really bright, bright uh, flashlights on the front of it um, and it looked like a car. Uh-huh. But and so I had this this one this one sheriff stopped me one night. and He goes. I saw you, he goes, but I couldn't figure out what you were because the lights were so low. <laughs> right. He goes, I knew it wasn't a car. He goes, but I couldn't figure out what it was. And so he goes, that's why I stopped you. Then um, it was, we had a good chuckle about it. But then one night, it was funny, um, this kind of kind of re- reminiscent of uh, Vol State. One night I was on Vol State. It was probably like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and it was really humid, and my, my shorts, my clothes were soaking wet, and it was like there was nobody around. I hadn't seen anybody for like two hours. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I started to chafe because of the because of the uh, the sweat and the salt and everything, and I was like, you know what? There's nobody out here. <laughs> I stripped down. 
<laughs> and I took I took the clothes and I hung them on my pack and I just let them dry out and I'm running totally naked, right? And it was the best one of the best runs I ever had because it was you know free. Mm-hmm. Well, this one occasion I did the same thing. I, I I just kept the shirt on, but I took my shorts off because I was still having I was having the same problem. I got it got all uh, wet and mm-hmm. uh, salty and I started to chafe and I was like you know there's nobody around. I hadn't seen anybody for like two hours and I dropped my drop, pull my shorts off, stuck them on my pack and I'm running along. Next thing you know, I see this pickup truck pull up <laughs> out of nowhere. Right. And it turns out it was a sheriff. Oh no. <laughs> and he's like, we're talking. He's like, what are you doing out here? And it was one of, I was on one of the access roads uh, at that point. Cause they were doing, they were doing some construction in the interstate. So I got off it and was on the access road. And it was, like I said, there was, I hadn't seen anybody for like two hours. Mm-hmm. So I'm like thinking, you know what the heck with it? I'm just going to, you know, I'll just strip down and keep my right. shirt on and draw my shorts off and I'll be good to go. And we were talking and then he, he, at one point he goes, well, listen, you got, you take it easy. Just be safe. You know, there's, there's some of the kinds of the guys late at night like this, the people will come flying through here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he looks at me, he goes, are you wearing any shorts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was like, uh, not really. He goes, well, he goes, you probably should put some on. <laughs> I said, well, this hasn't been anybody for like, you're the first part I've seen in like two hours. He goes, yeah. He goes, all it takes is one person to call. Right. And complain. Yeah. <laughs> then they got to do something like, no about problem. it. Yeah, so that was yeah, that was my goodness, goodness. So yeah, I mean, you're running across the country, and this this wasn't that. I mean, this was basically like a year ago, if I if I remember from social medias and things like that. It, it hasn't been that that long, um, and and you do something like that, it, it has to change a person. What what? Uh, and maybe that is what led to the to the presidential run. I don't know, but we'll, we'll get into that as well. But you know, doing doing a transcon like that, how does how does that change you from from where you were when you started to where you are were when you 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 know made it across the country? Well, I'll tell you what, um, again, it was like, I, I, I do a lot of thinking when I'm out there. That's a lot of times when I run, that's when I do my most, my most thinking. And it's funny cause I like to run alone. I don't like to run with, I don't like the distraction of running with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to get in my head and it just kind of clear my, clear my thoughts. And it's like my therapy. My, as a matter of fact, my, uh, my friends have this joke. They always tell people, you know, the, the world's a much safer place when Brian runs, mm-hmm. uh, because I get real, uh, you know, especially when I when I lift weights, I get my my testosterone gets up and I get real aggressive and very short. <laughs> so the running helps balance that out. <laughs> right. So um, the run I found when I was out in the middle of nowhere, I was the most at peace. But as I got closer to like civilization, I could feel like things closing in on me, mm-hmm. and so. I can. I remember as I got closer to the end of the run, I started getting really not depressed, but um, mournful. Mm. <laughs> I was like, "Man, I really don't want to go back." <laughs> and I was thinking, I started. I started having these thoughts in my head. You know, when I get home, I'm gonna go buy some land out in the middle of nowhere and put up a shack and just disappear. Mm. <laughs> and. Um, I'd have to say that was the that that was probably the biggest change because I just got used I just so enjoyed being um the peace. Right. Right. The open spaces, the peace and quiet, you know, the uh, it was just really slow. Mm-hmm. Everything is so fast, you know. We we do everything so fast now that we just kind of blur, everything's a blur. And out there it was nice because it was just so peaceful and and uh calm. Right. And that's what I that's what yeah, it's it's definitely not uh, not the first runner, won't be the last runner that's that's uh, enjoys 
you know, and, and some maybe enjoy running with others more than more than than you do. But everybody, I think, at, at some level, enjoys those runs once in a while when you can just be by yourself, be with your thoughts, and and uh, kind of be away from from everything else for just just a little bit. It really helps, kind of think. At least I think, in in my experience, to kind of yeah. ground you and and just kind of reset the day a little bit and reset reset the trajectory that you're on for that week, that month, whatever, as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So. Like we mentioned at the beginning, and and certainly not gonna not gonna not talk about it at all. Um, the 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 run for president. I mean, that's that's not something. Uh, and you know, to, to backtrack just a second, it, it sounds like from a couple of the stories that that you shared, you know, you kind of get get an idea or you, you you get a little itch to do something, and you kind of go all in pretty quickly. Um, and I feel like like running for president is something that that you can you can maybe think about you want to do, and and then go all in on it, but it's, it's a lot bigger to, in my mind for what I know about it, which is not much. It's a lot bigger thing than that. Something that you maybe have to think about for a bit. Um, has that been something that's been on your mind for a while for, you know, I know, I know some folks that have been, you know, in their, in their teens and twenties are like, yeah, I'm going to be president one day. Like, is that, is that kind of your story or is this something that, that came on a little bit, uh, a little bit quicker and, and more sudden? Uh, I would say probably to say more quicker and more sudden. Okay. Not the kind of thing I was like, oh, I'm going to be president one day. No. Um, Actually, the run when I ran across the country—that's what—that's what inspired me. Um, and because, again, like I said before, it's you know when you're running, you're at ground level, you see things in a totally different light. You see things totally different perspective. And um, it was—I mean, it was great. I mean, a lot of—I met a lot of wonderful people, and I had some great experiences. But it was quite an eye opener. Uh, because you got to, I get to see really how broken the country is. Mm. You know, there were several towns I ran into that were, you know, I'd say over half the country, half the town was just boarded up and shuttered up and, you know, bankrupt. Mm -hmm. Um, and people, people I would talk to were, you know, would have to travel, you know, hours to work because there were no jobs in the towns they lived in. Um, they didn't have you know, a central grocery or they didn't even have a gas station. They'd have to travel miles to get just basic services. Um, and then there were time, there were places you know, in the middle of the desert. You'd see the town consisted of just a bunch of RVs and a cluster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got to like some certain areas. It was, you could see the, um, you could see the disparity and the haves and have nots because you'd see on one side of the street there'd be like these multi-million dollar homes and then on the, uh, on the literally on the other side of the street across the street it'd be like you know shacks mm-hmm. and so i started thinking man this is not right you know everybody should have the same opportunity everybody should have i mean and the thing was um a lot of the people i ran into were were still very hopeful uh, but they were very disenfranchised, very disappointed in the system and very, you know, felt felt abandoned. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, this isn't right. Somebody's got to do something about this. And I've always been the kind of person, if I see something that needs to be done, I step in. I step up. And I was like, you know what? It, 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 it was probably somewhere around Texas, uh, <laughs> uh, around El Paso. I was like, you know, this is it. Somebody's got to do something. And if nobody else is going to do it, I'm going to do it. Wow. And I... And I purposefully didn't really watch the news while I was out there because I was so frustrated with what's going on. Not to get too political, mm-hmm. but you know, it's it's we've come we've fallen quite a ways, and uh, you know the 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 um we've our country's become so polarized, you know, that people have become tribal. That regardless of right or wrong, they they stick to their tribe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, so that's one of the reasons why, and again, not to get too political, that's one of the reasons why I am, I'm running as an independent. 
so that I can that I can unify the country again. My goal is to unify the country again and bring everybody back together and take a little bit of, of both sides because both sides I think have something to offer, uh, but they become so polarized that they they that they're crippled. Mm-hmm. Uh, our country has become crippled with dysfunction. Uh, so um, that's what kind of inspired the run is what inspired me uh, to do that. And as far as the challenge, I mean, I love a challenge, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at it. Yeah, I just think about it the other day. I look at it like it's just another adventure race. Right. You know, um, it's just it's if it's like when you're doing like a long distance race, especially like an event, like when you're running across the country. If you think of like how many mi- how many hundreds of miles you have to have to go you're just overwhelmed Mm -hmm. but if you think of like uh, the next town or the next uh the next truck stop or that it's it's so much easier and so uh, that's the same thing i've done i've just broken down in little bits and pieces okay i just need to get to i just need to get through florida i just Mm -hmm. need to talk to florida and get 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 the word out in florida and then i want to get to florida then i just need to go to the next you know the next the next level Um, so it's process it's you know uh, it's just a journey it's a journey um that i, I look at it as, as a journey it's and, and i've always been a a, a a real big person with visualization as far as i'm concerned i'm already president i'm huh. this is just formality i love it i love it and and I, I love what you said you know and again not 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 trying to to go deep into the politics that's not what this this show is about but it is about running life and everything in between and, and so you know I, I'm, I'm very comfortable going off of the, the running script for for a little bit as well and uh you know i i you kind of answered it, but I'm, I'm still going to just kind of throw it back out there. Um, you know, the idea of, of running as an independent, I, I think is for, for me personally, kind of, you know, without getting too political, but my political views on that is that I think it's great because like you said, I think there's a lot of, of good ideas on both sides, but we're, we're, we get too political, too tribal, like you said, and refuse to acknowledge when, you know, somebody on the quote unquote other team says something that might make sense. And we, we just immediately di- dis- discard it. But on the, on the flip side, um, I, I see one of the things that, that maybe you agree with is that, that is kind of broken in our country is that it's so there's two parties. And, and if you're not in one or the other, you're, you're kind of SOL, especially on, on, you know, at least in, in, in our recent ish history on, on national scale elections. Um, so, so is that something that gives you concern as running as an independent or is that something that, that you see so many people and, and the polls seem to say there's so many folks that are in the middle grounds you know uh, on on you know moderates on, on both sides of the aisle that right. That, right. that that's the goal is to unite right. them and, and and kind of bring forth a, a more stable and, and viable uh, third party is that is that something that's, that's on your your goal list absolutely uh and actually i'm um, not to give away too much too many of my secrets but i have a um i have a uh, the strategy well when i got back we we uh i put together um a steering committee and we did some we did some research and you know um, you know, 45% of the population didn't even, even vote last year, mm-hmm. uh, last election. And a lot of it was due to the fact that they just didn't, they didn't believe in the system. They didn't believe in either party and they didn't believe in either, either, uh, um, candidate. So they just chose not to participate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, my goal is to, like you said, uh, you know, there, and, and even on both now, even more so now, um, there are m- moderate people that are being disenfranchised from both parties mm. because both parties have gotten so far extreme that uh, the moderate people of those parties are now jumping ship. They're looking for a different, they're looking for an alternative. 
And so my goal is to, you know, um, to be able to resonate with these people, to come up with a message that I can resonate with these people and, and be able to capture enough of them to drive us in the right direction, to unify the country under, you know, a viable alternative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, one of the reasons why I'm going strictly independent is because even as an independent party, like the Libertarian Party or the Unity Party, they determine who your running mates are. They determine your, you know, basically your platform. Mm-hmm. Um, I have pretty much free reign of how I'm going to run my campaign and how and what I'm going to deal with and how I'm going to deal with it. So I have a strategy that's we've kind of discovered a loophole that that has a really good potential of being able to unify the country uh, and drive us in the right direction and bring everybody together. Oh, I, I, uh, I. You know, as you probably can guess, I, I would I would love nothing more than to see something like that. I I, I definitely am, am middle ground on on a lot of things and and can see good good options on both sides of the aisle. And I would love it if um if if you're able to to put this together. So I, I definitely want to uh, commend you and and uh, wish you uh, nothing but the best. And if there's anything that we can do uh, to help or that I can do to, to help out along the way, I'm certainly happy to do that. Um and and as we're we're wrapping up, Brian, I like to to finish with something that I call. Uh, a philosophical question, which is is very similar to kind of the open introductory question, just something that's, that's uh, pr- fairly short and sweet, but but pretty wide open, and you can take it as, as long or as short as you want uh, and, and answer it in however way you want. And this is where we'll kind of wrap up for today. But as as somebody who's who's running for president, like you said, with the visualizations that you've got going on, you're you're already president. What do you think that uh, that being a runner, you know, we've we've had we've had presidents before that, that go for a run here and there, but but I don't know that at least right. as far as I know, I don't know that we have any that would identify as I am a runner who is a president other than maybe I'm a president who runs once in a while. But, but what would you right, think right. that, that as being somebody who is a runner identifies as a runner, you adventure races, transcons, the whole nine yards. What, what, what is an asset from running that you think would, will, will help you as, as president? <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you asked that because, you know, and some people ask me what, you know, I mean, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, that it's going to be easy mm-hmm. as an independent. It's going to be an uphill battle because, yeah, you, the system's rigged. Right. Uh, for a two party system, it's 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 rigged against independence. It's, you know, um, so but there's there's potential. But anyway, um, a lot of, one of the questions I get all the time is what makes you feel that you're unique, uniquely qualified to, you know, to be a, a viable candidate to, to run for president? And I I my response is because because of the running that I do and because of the extreme running I do it's 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 my the mental uh focus uh and not, not just it's the mental i guess it's the, the stamina endurance mm-hmm. knowing that it's it's not a sprint you know uh it's not a, it's down the road the miles down the road it's it's to the next it, to the next town to the next hill to the next city to the next state so that's what I think as as a as a runner makes me uh, a stronger possibility because I have that I'm 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 very um, patient mm-hmm. I'm very focused and I'm very resilient uh, and and I um, I'm I'm flexible. One of the things they teach in the Marine is we have this expression "semper gumby," always be flexible. Things don't ever uh, always go as, as they're supposed to, so you have to be able to improvise and overcome and adapt. And and that same thing happens to doing adventure races. You mm-hmm. never know what's going to happen. 
Yeah, shoot. I mean, any, any race, you talk to, to runners that have been running for very long and there's right. always something that, that crops up. You have to adapt with and, and adjust with it and go with the flow. So I, I, I right. think that's, right. that's, that's a great, a great thing to, uh, to, to have in, in your back pocket. And, and like I said, I hope that, uh, these next couple of years go, go well for you. And, and certainly, uh, you know, once you're in the white house, I know, I know president Obama was on Mark Maron's show a while back, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have the, the first, the first running president back on the show in, in a few years. Uh, maybe we'll right. circle back and do that. So well, actually I have, I have, uh, one of my, one of my, uh, I guess sad moments or, 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 or shortcomings is that I, I'm, I'm a, I'm afraid that once once I'm elected, uh, you know, my biggest fear is I won't be able to do these these races anymore mm-hmm. because there's still a lot of things that I want to do. Right. And I started I came up I came up with this kind of a solution that my, my thought is that, you know, once I once I'm in the White House, I can still do ultra marathons and triathlons because what I'll do is I'll just put them on at Camp David. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. And I, I was also thinking, too, you know, you're not gonna be able to run by yourself anymore because the Secret Service is going to have to be with you for, right, your, for right. your runs so you know small hurdles that you're still going to have to navigate even even down the road to, to maintain the running and and uh manage the presidency right right yeah, absolutely absolutely right. well uh guys once again if you want to find out more about what brian's got going on and obviously watches as the uh the run for the white house continues to um you know obviously as, as an independent i mean it's it's gra- you know grassroots at this point and and building um you know, it's, it's a long process but uh, on all things social media facebook twitter instagram whatever whatever platform you're on uh at brian with an I, B-R-I-A-N, Brian R. Crow, and uh, disruns.com slash 560. We'll have everything linked up here uh, or linked up in the show notes that, uh, that if there's anything that you want to catch up on or, or reconnect with uh, Brian or, or whatever the case might be, disruns.com slash 560. So, uh, Brian, thank you uh, for the time today. Uh, and, and like I said, I mean, nothing but the best. And if there's anything that, that we can do to, to help spread the word or, or you know, want to come back and, and, and talk talk some more running and some more, you know, politics and platform at some point down the road, uh, we'd, we'd be happy to have you back. But uh, nothing but the best and, and, and good luck, my friend. All right. Thank you so much. You have a great day. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Brian and myself. And uh, as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. What was something in today's conversation that, uh, you know, really, really jumped out to you? So for me, there, there were uh, you know, there were actually several things, but but I think what I'm going to go with as the overarching takeaway that I had from from today's conversation is the idea of of just kind of doing what it takes to to get the job done, and and you know, and and maybe looking for not hacks, not shortcuts, but ways that that make life a little bit easier to get something done. So you know, when when Brian was talking about running across the country and how the original route had him, you know running on side roads and things like that, that were arguably more dangerous, arguably less conducive to pedestrian traffic. Um, you know, once he kind of heard that maybe you could run on the interstate system, which isn't necessarily that much safer, but it, it like he said, it provides more of a shoulder, things like that. Even though he thought that it wasn't allowed, he went for it. He did what he needed to do to, to accomplish the goal, to get across the country. Um, it wasn't always perfect. It wasn't always great, uh, but but he did it. And and likewise, you know, the, the times that he stripped down to, to alleviate some of the chafing and, and things like that, the, those stories that he shared, again, it's not something that maybe you'd think about doing. It's something that's a little bit unconventional. And it was but, you know, and but, whatever you want to say, whatever conjunction is supposed to be appropriate there, it was what was necessary um, in the in the moment. To, to just kind of make things 
again, not easier, but just a little bit more tolerable, a little bit less uncomfortable to keep moving and to keep going forward. And, you know, now with what's coming up next for him with, with running for president, it's not going to be easy, but, you know, looking for ways to, to keep moving forward, keep, keep pursuing the goal. And I'm sure he's not going to be cutting corners or things like that. But if there's a way to do something a little bit more efficiently, a little bit less, you know, with, with a little bit less discomfort, do that as well. And so that's just something that, that stood out to me, you know, as, as with, with areas of life, with training, with, with running, with running a business, with, with family stuff, you know, it's, it's okay to do things a little bit unconventionally if it's something that's going to make your life just a little bit easier and, and make, and make the process go a little bit more smoothly. So that was, that was my takeaway a little bit uh, convoluted maybe, but uh, that that's how my mind works sometimes. And, and uh, one of the things I love about hearing the takeaways from you is that I can see how your, your minds work sometimes as well. And maybe it makes me feel a little bit less alone in the convoluted side of things. But uh, as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from this episode. Let me know. Shoot me a tweet at disrun. Shoot me an email, disruns at gmail.com. And as always, you can head over to the show notes for this episode or any episode and leave your feedback there. And once again, a reminder for today's episode, we're looking at disruns.com slash five, six, zero. And with that, let's go ahead and put a, put a bow on this thing. Um, while you're at the show notes, if you're interested, you can also check out the book, be ready on race day.com. Uh, it links over to the website, to the page on the website. It's all dedicated to the book. Like I said, there's, there's giveaway chapters there. Um, a little bit of information about why I wrote the book, what the book's all about. Uh, and there's links to directly purchase it, uh, you know, from from the website from from me. Get a signed copy from Amazon, which is not signed, but you can get it a little bit cheaper, uh, paperback, Kindle, whatever your book medium of choice is. Uh, and if you like audio, audio, if you're an audio book fan, let me know. We got a few people that have already requested an audio version of the book. If you would be so inclined as to listen to me read my own book. Let me know. And if there's enough people that are interested, maybe we'll make it happen. No promises, but maybe we'll make it happen. But uh, anyway, that's where we'll go ahead and put a bow on this thing. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. A little different, but uh, good. I I thought it was good. We'd love your feedback as always. Um, But until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. See you guys.